Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly and I'm pleased to welcome Bobby F. Kimbrew, a renowned keynote speaker and author to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Bobby's career spans 40 years in law enforcement and leadership, including being being the first African-American sheriff of one of the largest counties in North Carolina, assistant fire marshal and arson investigator with the Winston-Salem Fire Department, and working with high-risk offenders at the North Carolina Department of Probation and Parole. Bobby has served with the United States DEA, specialized in investigating crimes that included organized crime, money laundering, gang violence, and drug trafficking. As an active community leader, he founded Branded for Knowledge, a program focusing on strengthening, empowering, and encouraging individuals to reach their full potential. Throughout it all, he has earned several certifications in leadership and is currently working on his PhD in organizational leadership. And he has written three books, including Beyond Midnight, Finding Strength in the Struggle, which he tells the story helping his life lessons as a single father of seven sons to survive his wife's sudden death and move past and inspire others to find strength in their struggles. I'm excited to learn more. I listened to you in Myrtle Beach. It's such a pleasure to see you again. Welcome, Bobby. Thank you, Dr. O'Reilly. The pleasure is mine. I appreciate you for inviting me. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I did have the opportunity to listen to you speak at the Diversity Women's Wellness Conference, and uh, you're an inspiring speaker, and your story is so, so very, very important. You know, but one of the things I always start these conversations out uh, with is people tell me their story about how they got to be who they are. You know, because when we meet somebody like, you know, you're successful, you're accomplished, you have a wonderful personality, you're a nice looking man, people say things must be easy for him. And we all know that until people tell you their story, you find out more. And then there's always a connection in that story that brings people together because there's something that's happened in their own lives that connects the two. So how did you get to be the Bobby I'm speaking to today? You know, that's interesting you say that, Dr. Raul. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, I mentored some kids at Wake Forest University on the football program. And we were having a conversation about defining moments in your life, those moments that make you or break you. And for the Bobby that you're talking to today is a result of a defining moment that happened to me uh, as I was sharing with them when my wife passed, how at that time in my life, I thought that I was in top of the world. You know, I was a special agent. I had just come back from a, a 
uh, tour overseas uh, in the Caribbean. Life was great. I mean, our finances were great. I mean, I was on top of the world. And um, sometimes God has a way of humbling you. God has a way of showing you some things that you haven't seen yet. And so when my wife passed, um, that was a very stressful time. Not only stressful in terms of dealing with her death, but stressful in terms of the finances. And so we lost our home that we had built and designed. I lost it, foreclosed on it. I uh, lost a vehicle. Um, that was humbling to me, having to learn how to eat off of the dollar menu at McDonald's, oodles and noodles, having to change my entire lifestyle and redefine myself. And, um, you know, there were times when I would sit in the closet and cry, sit in the tops and say, pull me, woe me. I mean, at, at that, my lowest point that I talked about in the book, Beyond Midnight, how do I get out of this space? How do I get out of this mindset? Because so many times when we're in a dark place, we're not thinking clearly. Our mind is functioning in the space that we're in. And as long as you're functioning in the space that you're in, you'll stay there. But you have to figure out, how do I get beyond this space? And I started working on getting beyond that space. And so from that point on, that lesson in my time in my life has caused me to be a totally different human being. It gave me humility. It gave me love for my community, love for people other than myself. You know, I, I, I've looked across this country at great leaders and there's a correlation between great leaders. All of them have experienced some isolation, humiliation, frustration. And when you look at that, the isolation causes you to get closer to yourself and your creator. You have to be in tune with self. The frustration is what drives you. And the humiliation is that it's a humbling place. Once you've been humiliated, it's a humbling place. And then the isolation causes you to see some things in the darkness that you don't see in the light and hear some things in silence. And so that place where I was in the closet crying I start to reinvent myself. And even to this day, uh, every night I look over what I did during the day that I forget to say something that I want to say, that I forget to tell someone that I love them, that I forget to do something. And so if I did, I start my following day with what I forgot to do the day before. And so I constantly reinvent myself every day. Uh, one of the things that people, you know, when I first said to them, they shocked when I say I love you. You know, people that uh, you really know you, you say, I love you. I love your being, I love you. That's me showing I appreciate you as a human being. And so I think that we have the ability, and it took me a long time to realize that, but we have the, the ability, regardless of who you are, to transform situations, to transform people, you know, by your presence, your voice. You have the ability to change atmospheres. And so this is the Bobby that you see today that has been through some things. It hasn't always been a bed of roses for Bobby. Yeah. Well, you know, no, nobody gets anywhere alone. This is something, you know, I, I think this is something a lot of people don't really get and they don't understand, but nobody gets anywhere alone. You don't. You know, anywhere in this lifetime. Who is, who helped you? You know, you were talking about being in the closet. You're talking about crying and being isolated, but who helped you? to pick yourself up and, and put help you to, to get through this period in your life. Because 
who were the people that were supporting you during that time? You know, there's a guy in the book that I mentioned by the name of Dave. Uh -huh. uh, my mother, Dave, there were several people. Uh, young lady named Miss Miller. There were several people that believed in me at my lowest point. It's nothing like having people believing in you at yeah. your lowest point. Sure. You know, sometimes yeah. we go through these difficult times by ourselves. Not true. You have to have people in your life that get you through situations. I've had people that are surrounding me when I was at my lowest point. A uh, young lady that I started uh, seeing at that point. Because it's nothing like having a cheerleader or having people cheering for you. Coach, yeah. So, yeah you know, it's, almost like a, it's almost like a support group or a peer group. We're supporting you. And my mother and those folks that I named, they were, they were instrumental in making me believe in myself. And then my pastor, at the time, I wasn't a member of a church. Uh, at that point in my life, if I couldn't touch it, see it, my belief system was if I could touch it, yes. If I could see it, yes. And I met uh, Bishop Mack and um, I watched him and I studied him and um, I started reading for myself. Uh, I've read more in these last 20 years at 61 than I've read in the previous 40 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just amazing how the things you go through, they start to shape you. And you have to be careful what you're feeding yourself because that's the side of you that becomes dominant. Yeah. The side of you that you feed the most is the side that becomes dominant. Yeah. And so I had to start to be mindful of what I was feeding Bobby, my spirituality, my intellectual, all of that. I had to be protective of my being. I had to be protective of who I was. And so when I started to realize the presence, when I started to realize the things that God given talent, when I started to realize how we all connected and how it works in the grand scheme of things, that started to create and reinvent, as I say, the Bobby that people see today. And, and here's the other thing that when you've had defining moments in your life, you become fearless because I've been broke before. I've experienced pain before, yeah. so so I've been humiliated. I've yeah. been I've been shamed before. You know, it's very shameful and a very humbling experience for someone to come and tell you that you got to move out of your home to bring you the documentation. You know, I'll, I'll share something with you that when I was running for the office of the sheriff, uh, you know, they investigate the candidates and they do this whole article on them. So this reporter by the name of Hinton comes to me and says, well, Sheriff, you know, we we know that you don't have any criminal activity in your background because you were a retired special agent. However, we see this uh, where you lost your home. And when he said that to me, I wasn't ashamed to discuss with him what happened. I wasn't ashamed to tell him, well, look where I am now and what has happened since then. And yeah. what I told him was that I'm battle tested. In other words, I've been through some things. I understand that people in this world are suffering from a lot of things and people want a guide, someone that can show them, that can help them get out of the holes or the midnights or the dark places that they're in. And you can't relate to me if you haven't experienced some things. 
so you know so many people are afraid of identity fraud you know they're afraid of their own identity ah, they, like they, they you know they watch their back and they're and they're concerned somebody's going to find something out about me i lost my home or this happened to me or that happened to me but you're right when once we really begin to share all those pieces about ourselves there's really nothing that can't they can stop us from moving forward there's nothing that can stop us you know for me covid I mean, I've definitely, I've been down, I've had my midnights and I, I expect there'll be more midnights for me as there will be anyone. Exactly. I mean, that's part of life. You know, I figured this way, if I, when I stop learning, it's time for me to get out of Dodge. But, uh, you know, but COVID for me was probably the most important time to really find what was important in, in all things, my job, my relationships, you know, how I felt about myself, you know, how about uh, you know, my wealth, my, you know, everything came to the surface. And for me, it was an opportunity to really be very selective about who I spend time with and what I'm doing. And so, you know, I, I like when you said I, what I forgot to do the day before I do the next morning. That's an interesting concept. I never really thought of it that way, but I guess we all do because, and, and yeah, every day is an opportunity to reinvent yourself. You know, this is another thing. Every choice that we make moment to moment is a decision that we we and we alone can make and so many people give their power away you know they give their power away they give their power to somebody else to make a decision or to do something for them and and they're never quite able to to make decisions for themselves so pushing back through the midnight going through the midnight is the greatest way as you said to build confidence and to build self-esteem so you know and one thing you do talk about a lot, and I do the same thing, is how do women particularly move past their midnights? You know, I'm, I'm all about gender equity, but again, women need to get, get past their midnights. You know, we've got to get past uh, what goes bump in the night. So many women are afraid that people aren't going to like them. You know, it's all about likability, that they really kind of uh, give up the best parts of themselves. So let's talk about women for a minute, because you, you bring yeah, that up. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. You know, you said something about uh, decisions. You know, one thing that, that we as people and women have to have to remember is that your decisions will create your conditions. You know, the decisions that you make create your conditions. So when you talk about things that we experience or women experience that, you know, most women that, that I come in contact from a leadership perspective have come to a place of what I call self-actualization. So many times in life, people are struggling with who they are. You know, they, once they get the basic needs met, as Manslow talked about, but there's a piece in them that they still don't know who they are. You yeah. talk about identity theft. They don't quite realize who they are and the power that, that, that they have, what they possess. And I think that people, women, have to realize that they are powerful as an individual, regardless of race, color, sexual orientation, you as an individual are powerful. You know, one of the things in Quantico that they taught us was your, your command presence, how you enter a room, how you exit that room, and what you say while you're in that room, and how you have the ability to affect the atmosphere. And when you start affecting the atmosphere, you start affecting the outcome. Women have that same ability to do that with their presence, their voices, and how they use it. And sometimes they don't use it. They don't use their presence. You know, we come out of a society where women just recently uh, in my father's lifetime, 
got the opportunity to vote, you know, to where they are still not even paid the same salary that men are paid for to do the same thing. Yeah. So we still look at women in America sometimes not equal to their counterparts, men, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have to realize, women have to realize that they are powerful. They are powerful. They uh-huh. give- the power they give too. So, the power too. Oh, they give so much, they give so much to this world that they don't even realize. Yeah. Women don't well, even realize you could be in a room full of men and when a woman enters the room or that space, the atmosphere in that room changes. Just her presence alone. Now, if she if she connects her presence with her bandwidth and her agenda and understand who she is, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about Dr. Sheila Robinson. Talk about a woman's power. Oh. But, but again, Sheila and I are friends. We have, we go back a ways, and we you know we we met, and we've connected, and and Diversity Women's Business Magazine and everything. I'm so so involved with that. So, but but you know she talks about that that you know she had to find her power, and she you know where she came from and what she was doing. But but now she just exudes it. But it's such oh, a she does she does it's, it's such a presence when when Sheila enters the room. She is such a powerhouse that. Uh, you know, and, and it's contagious. But but again, the thing that also that this last conference that you attended and I attended was that when women do come together and they support each other, anything is possible. Anything. 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 And then, and then we have great. Uh, then we have great allies, male allies, mate, uh, and sponsors and coaches and mentors. Anything is possible. Yeah, we've got to have great allies and great partnerships. You've got to have that because there are some people that you can touch that I can't and vice versa. And, you know, I spent some time with her up in Chicago and she does have that command presence. She does have that. And that is a key thing that people spend thousands of dollars teaching that or learning that command presence. How do you enter a room? You know, I just was fortunate enough that they gave it to me for free at Quantico while I was going through agent agent uh, training school. But there is a way that you enter a room. And what happens is, is that confidence because one thing that I learned early in my life, how I see you will determine how I treat you and what I'll do for you and to you. So think about that. How people see you will determine what they'll do for you, to you, and how much they're willing to help you, yeah. how they see you. So your presence has to be a representation of your destination. It has to line up with your destination. Your presentation has to line up with where you're going. Well, we make such quick judgments about people. We do. Immediately. I mean, it's our human nature. We see someone based on how their, their presentation, how they hold themselves. How exactly. And it takes a lot to undo those, those it judgments. It really does. It takes a lot to undo those. But you know, the one thing that, that Dr. Sheila is very good at too, though, is she's a connector. She is. And, and Bobby, I know you are too, but it's really, uh, in, in your book and, and all the things that you're doing, you really build these blocks and you, they're building blocks for the next block, but it's always about connecting people with one another. And that's what she's so good at doing. There are so many things in my life that I, I'm good at, and there's things that I'm not very good at, and the things that I don't want to do that I'm not especially not good at, but but finding people that you can connect with 
you know, with you, Bobby, just talking with you today. That's the connection that's important to me. When I do these podcasts about bringing people together, you've got knowledge and you've got a way of approaching something differently than I do, that somebody might understand it better from you than from me. But when we come together, there's this big, broad, wonderful, detailed, but big picture that we can all learn from. So that's so what the design art is. So true. So, so true. So let's talk about how do how do we get how do we get everybody, not just women, but men and women, to take that step in their life to go past their midnight and to really begin to live the lives that they were truly meant to live and truly and to be to be the person that they were truly meant to be. How do we do that? I think that we, we first gotta create a safe space where people can be vulnerable and have real conversations. And then I think that most people become comfortable in their own little spaces and they stay there. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned in my lifetime is that my comfortability sometimes can hinder my capabilities in life. Yeah. yeah. You become comfortable here, you're scared to venture outside of that circle, that comfort zone. But when you start venturing outside your, your, your comfort zone, you start to expand your bandwidth, you start yeah. to expand. Uh, Bobby, what, what I tell people is that they have to, women especially have to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Oh, I like that, being and, uncomfortable. And you know, because you're right, you don't learn if you've got your safe space all the time. You don't learn if you're doing the same thing over and over again and your boundaries are so limited. So telling women, especially, you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. That's how you learn. You know, I've got to share this with you just two seconds. So at that lowest point of my life, sometimes when you start praying and asking for help, help may not look like what you think it's going to look like. The help that showed up for me was a white guy from Mount Airy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Totally opposites. Right. Totally different beginnings in life. To this day, 15 years later, me and that guy are still best friends. We yeah. talk every week. We talk every week. We have breakfast or lunch at least once a month. And what's so strange about that is that when somebody said, I want you to meet Dave, the first thing that came out of my mouth is, what this guy going to show me or talk to me about? You know? What, what, is, what does he understand about being black and broke? That's what I said. Right? Yeah, yeah. That was my ignorance. Because right. what I didn't know was when help coming to help you, you can't tell help what to look like. You can't tell help how to help you. And sometimes when God's sending you help or help is coming, you have no control of what it's going to look like. It's like if somebody gets sick right here out of here on the corner and uh, EMS shows up, you can't handpick who you want to come to pick you up, EMS. Yeah. Yeah. Help is coming. And so that was one of the things that I tell people every day. Your circle of friends, all your circle of friends look like you. You got the wrong circle. Just being honest. You know, oh, no, 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 no. no. I mean, don't want to hear that, but you got the wrong <laughs> circle. You got the wrong circle, and you're and you this way. And your circle is really limited on what it can touch. Yeah. Well, the, the next piece to that for me that I often talk about is fear. And, and fear for many people, men and women, it, it really, you know, it really stops them from doing the things they want to do. You know, and I'm, I'm really crazy. I'm a crazy person. But one of the things that I've found in my life is something that I'm really afraid to do. I've got to go do it. 
you know, like, you know, they said the number one fear of most people is public speaking. But how do people become good leaders if they can't perform in front of people speaking? So, so yeah, you've got you've got to get past your fears. And, And that's the other thing I talk with women about. You've got to get past your fears because, you know, again, you were talking about the confidence that you had after the things that you had done and you'd gone to the next level. I mean, but that was the self-esteem and the confidence that you build, but you had to go through your fear. I did. I mean, you talk about, I mean, you went through about a couple of years after your wife's pre- uh, passing that there, there were a couple of years that you had to really be down there, down on the bottom of the, of the, the ringer before you could be confident and, uh, until you found the things that you needed to move forward. But again, getting past your fear was probably one of the biggest things of all. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine uh, your wife passing and having seven sons. Oh my God! What was a, what was a toddler? Wasn't it? One was. A, yeah, one, so the youngest boy was Jalen. He was fourteen nine, months. Fourteen nine, months. Yeah. You were impacted on every level, you know, as far as your, your relationship with your wife, uh, being a parent, your job, everything was impacted. Everything. But, but would you change anything today if you could? I mean, I don't. I have literally had that conversation with myself, my sons, and we have really sit down and really unpacked that. And a part of me says, yes, I would change it because we had hit a sweet spot in our marriage. You know, you yeah. learn, you hit these sweet spots. And so, of course, I would like to go back and change losing her. That affected not only me, but that affected my children. Yeah. If I could change one piece of it, I would love for her to be here to witness where the family is. Uh, but I don't know if I would be the man that I am had I not went through that. I don't know. I, I would have been in that, that space, that comfort, and I'm just here. We got ours, you figured out, we all right over here on this side and you guys figured out over there. I wouldn't have had this total outlook that I have now. Yeah. So I think that, and my boys would say it all the time, uh, we always thought that I would die first. We always thought that because sure. of the work that I was in. And my boys, uh, Jameson said one day, he and I was sitting and I was having a, a moment and he said, Dad, you know what? He said, I don't know if mom could have helped us together like you helped us together. I don't know if mom could have given that tough love and survived all of that and kept us out of harm's way and out of detention centers and penitentiaries. And I said to them, I said, you know what? Your mother was strong. She probably could have, but I had to become mother and father. And one thing that I didn't know how to do was be the mother. I didn't know how to hug them and love them. I didn't. All I could say, son, I love you. Make your mom proud. But thank God my mother uh, stepped in and gave them the love of a woman because I didn't know how to do that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how to be vulnerable and, and love on them like their grandmother and their mother did. Yeah. Well, they, they say when you're on the right path, the, the right people show up. Oh. And I, and, I, and I truly believe that because in my own life, I can guarantee you, I went through a midnight where I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't gone through my midnight. I've been married for almost 40, 43 years. My wow. marriage ended and it ended for the right, 
I mean, I'm not even going to discuss why, but the point is I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you doing the things that I'm doing. And, uh, what was it? Somebody said, I think I'll send him a thank you note. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I'll send you a thank you note now, but, but the thing is, is that everybody's midnight Bill's character. Everybody's midnight is an opportunity to learn and to grow from. So and Bobby, you've done that, your books, uh, everything that you're doing. And I, I have the, the, the honor and, and the joy of listening to you and Myrtle Beach at the wellness conference. But what do you want to see happen now? I mean, in your life, I mean, I know you're a keynote speaker, you go out and you motivate everybody and you, you know, that's what we do. I mean, that's what I do. I, you know, change the world for good. Every day is an opportunity to change the world for good. And that, that is, again, building relationships and finding the people that truly want to be on that path with you. Not, not everybody does, though, but, you know, find those people. What, so what is it you want to do now? You know what I really would love to do if I had a magic wand? I would uh, love to create somewhere in this area a leadership school for uh, law enforcement executives or just uh, a leadership school, period. Yeah. Where we studied, we focused on leadership, we taught the principles of leadership, everything from command presence to uh, the theory of leadership, basically grooming young leaders. And I would like for it to be a leadership school that we started in a high school, not necessarily uh, for adults, but started at a very young age, building and creating young leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, leadership really is relationship building. Oh, that's so true. Because, you know, unless you're really good at developing healthy, good relationships, you really aren't going to be a good leader. You're not going to, to be able to see the people, you know, and, and, and I think the thing about leadership also is, is that, and for women especially, is that you're always helping someone. Uh, we have a Women Connect for Good. We have a, we have a campaign. It's called Lift Women Up. And, you know, and then I, I, I think it was, it was Booker T. Washington. You have to lift. To, to lift yourself up, you have to lift someone else first. And I think that's what we, we as, uh, as if we start to learn as leaders, lifting others as we rise is, is really our way to really develop the leadership and to help people to grow and to, to become the leaders they can be. Because everybody has that in them, everybody. everybody. Like you said, the power and the talents are there. So just your last statement on leadership, because I kind of jumped in there, but for me, lift as you rise and lifting is very important. Oh yeah, you, you've got to approach it from transformation. How do you transform people? You know, everything in life rises and falls based on the leadership present or not present. So you have to be in a place as leaders in a community, whether it's local, state or federal, because think about it. We are in this place in our society based on past leadership, present leadership. We're going in the direction that the leadership takes us as a community as a country the leadership so that's why you know leadership is is key in everything relationship even relationships personal relationships interpersonal based on leadership yeah. you can't escape it no no all right so how do they find more about you where your books are and for them to engage you as a keynote speaker to yeah, so you, you can find me uh bobby you can find me at kimbro uh, K-I-M-B-R-O-U-G-H-B-F at gmail.com. You can find me at the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Bobby Kimbrough. Um, you know, I love interacting with people. 
You know, I'm at a place in my life where I've seen more years than I'm going to see and whatever God has left for me, I want to share it. Yeah. Well, I was just uh, just your, down your way not too long ago. My sister lives in Raleigh. So, uh, okay. uh, yeah, I was born in Atlanta, by the way. I'm a good Southern girl. So, uh, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Southern, Southern roots, you know, there's nothing like the South, but uh, it's it's always, it's been delightful talking to you. Oh, and, pleasure's and, been mine, Dr. Raleigh. Pleasure's been mine. Any, any way we can continue to make this a better world and for us to all grow and to flourish and uh, what, what are all just last but not least what are all your boys doing how 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 what are all your yeah, boys so, doing? so my oldest boy uh is 40 he's in uh ethiopia uh the next boy is in greensboro with the police department uh, that's uh that's jordan uh jameson works with the city here in the recreation department uh christian is in Atlanta working with Amazon. Um, Bryce is finishing up his last year at UNC Charlotte. Um, and the last two boys are still at the house with me. Uh, so I have two boys still in the house with me now finishing up high school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's been, it's been quite the journey. And there, yeah. there's a book just raising seven boys. If you, if, you wrote, if you wrote that book about how, how the seven boys, that would be a fantastic book. Uh -huh. All right, so your book is Midnight. All right, tell us about the name of the book again is? Well, the book is Beyond Midnight. It is basically uh, the story of what I went through, how I got through Midnight. Midnight being a metaphor for difficult times. The second book uh, basically was Surviving the Stop. Basically, police interactions with motorists. How do you interact with police when stopped uh, by law enforcement? And then the third book was Quotes that I use to get me through. You know, you have to have something every day that motivates you through this, this maze that we're in. And so I started writing, I love to write. I keep a little journal with me every day. And I started writing down quotes and things that I would have to tell myself, chance that I would get through. Like this situation don't define my destination. There is strength in the struggle. I've got to keep going because my family's depending on me. The future, meaning my children need me now. So it's little things that I was telling myself every day in that low spot to get me out of that spot. You know, even okay. though I'm here, I've got to see myself beyond here. But why don't you leave us with uh, a quote that can get us to leave, to go to the next part. Here's what I'm going to tell you, no matter, where, no matter where you are in life, remember this, that your destination is greater than your situation. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Bobby, thank you so much for thank your time. You energy hopefully, hopefully we'll see you at another conference uh with sheila possibly that would be fantastic but uh no, let's get together and put something together yeah absolutely well keep working on that leadership and uh you've got a great story and and keeps keep sharing it it really helps so many people so have an amazing wonderful day thank you Bobby. Uh, i love you thank you all right love you bye-bye bye-bye if you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.